Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Monday, August 14th. Let's start the new week together. A new project to build more housing near transit is underway. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. Tomorrow is a deadline to vote in the special election to fill a seat on the San Diego County Board of Supervisors. The District 4 vacancy was triggered by the resignation of Nathan Fletcher in May. The district includes Lemon Grove, La Mesa, and parts of central San Diego. You can drop off your ballot at one of the official drop boxes across the district or send it in by mail as long as it's postmarked by tomorrow. You can also vote in person at any of the county's voting centers. Today, they're open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can learn more about the four candidates on the ballot at kpbs.org election. COVID-19 hasn't gone away, and this summer we're starting to see an increase in people testing positive. In late May, the county hit a low of just under 3% of COVID tests returning positive, but that's been gradually increasing. Now nearly 12% of tests are coming back positive. And the amount of COVID found in wastewater has been ticking up, but is still relatively low compared to last year. Dr. William Singh is Assistant Medical Director for Kaiser San Diego. If you compare to even last year, or even the uh, January two years ago, it is nowhere near there. So should we be concerned? I think we should be paying attention. And I think that's exactly what we're doing. The EG5 COVID strain has quickly become the dominant subvariant across the U.S. and here in San Diego. A San Diego soccer star is making big moves in the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup. San Diego Wave FC forward Sofia Jakobsson has been playing on the Sweden women's national team. And on Friday, Sweden advanced to the semifinals of the World Cup. They beat Japan 2-1. The team will play against Spain tomorrow. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. MTS recently held a grand opening for a new transit-oriented housing complex at the Grandfield Trolley Station. Reporter Alexander Wynn says it's one of two projects meant to add much-needed housing in the region. The Union Grandville apartment building is meant to house about 600 students attending nearby San Diego State University. It offers dormitory-style apartments that are fully furnished. But next door is the Shoreline building. MTS says the 124-unit, 100% affordable apartment complex will help alleviate San Diego's housing shortage and provide more access to jobs and education. San Diego Council Member Raul Campillo represents the area. Not only does this provide the housing, it makes it easier for people to get around without a car, without a car payment, without gasoline payment, without insurance payment. 
you can spend 250 and go anywhere on that trolley in the city. And that makes it easier for San Diegans to afford to live here. The shoreline is reserved for households earning 30 to 60 percent of the median income in the region. It's expected to be completed in the next few months. Alexander Nguyen, KPPS News. The city of San Diego is about to open a new shelter for families experiencing homelessness. Reporter Jacob Ayer says it comes as the city enforces a new camping ban for those living on the streets despite little shelter space. The city of San Diego's new family shelter is a former Travelodge hotel in Barrio Logan. It's been converted to provide 42 private rooms for unhoused families with a maximum capacity of 168 people. The Housing Commission is contracting with Alpha Project to operate the facility. Bob McElroy is the organization's CEO. Uh, there'll be 42 families in total with 51 children. So for us, it's, we're super excited about it. We've had site, site control for about a week now. The Family Shelter Program will provide case management, long-term housing solutions, childcare and job opportunities, as well as other basic services. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. A new poll of 1,200 registered black voters is raising new concerns about continued inequity in state funding for students of color. Education reporter M.G. Perez has more. The Black In-School Coalition represents students, schools, educators, and civil rights leaders statewide. Prior to the start of the fall semester, the coalition conducted a poll of registered California black voters, asking their opinions and experience with educational funding, school performance, and other challenges facing black students today. Ellen Nash, the San Diego chair of the Black American Political Association, was among them. She says inequity continues. Every child deserves a quality education. And any family choice that we make private public charter is because we want the best academic outcomes for our children. Nash says more than 80,000 black children across the state are still in schools that are well behind funding of all other student groups. In other education news from reporter M.G. Perez, there's a major change coming that will impact financial aid next fall. It's the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, better known as the FAFSA. And for the first time in almost 40 years, it will be streamlined, dropping from 100 questions to just 30 or 40. There will be more opportunities to qualify, and financial data will be shared directly from the IRS. The new FAFSA will be available in December to apply for the fall semester 2024. Michael Lemus with the California Student Aid Commission says the focus now is to spread the word to teachers, students, families, and community organizations who support them. So with all the changes, which are really, really big deal things, we want to go ahead and make sure that we communicate that. California is large, so for us, the challenge is to make sure that we're reaching all these different populations. With less time to submit the new FAFSA in the coming year, the deadline to apply has been extended a month to April 2nd, 2024. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Coming up, we explore public art at UCSD. We'll have that and more just after the break.
Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The wildfires that have torn through Maui have left historic damage. As impacted families try to pick up the pieces, a professional MMA fighter in San Diego wants to help. Reporter Tanya Thorne explains. Hawaii-born Alima Lay McFarlane is a professional MMA fighter that now lives in San Diego. She says communication with friends and family in Maui has been hard following the fires. Live wires on the ground. There's casualties in the streets. Um, it's just, it's truly a very apocalyptic scene. In an effort to help, McFarland started a local donation drive. I am specifically requesting generators or camping supplies that are solar or battery powered. You know, just just think of what supplies you would need in a power outage. That's what they need. Donations can be dropped off at 10th Planet Gym locations throughout San Diego. McFarland will be collecting items the rest of the month and shipping them periodically. More information can be found on our website. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. Since 1981, the Stewart Collection has been commissioning site-specific public art for the UCSD campus. Arts reporter Beth Accomando says the diverse work scattered across the campus prompt the question, what is art? The Stewart Collection is about putting art in unexpected places and then prompting you to ask, is that really art? Wandering on the UC San Diego campus, you can find a house hanging precariously off the roof of the engineering building. Or you might trip over a little Buddha sitting in front of an old TV. And it's kind of a graveyard of Buddhas and TVs. That's Jessica Berlanga-Taylor talking about Namjoon Pike's Something Pacific. He was thinking of the future of the piece at the same time. And he was thinking that in the future it could look like some sort of archaeological dig that someone would, would suddenly find. Exploring the Stewart Collection can be an Indiana Jones adventure in terms of both discovering the eclectic art and how some of the art came to be. The collection takes its name from James Stewart da Silva, who felt art had changed his life and wanted to do the same for others. In 1981, Mary Beebe became the collection's first director. I like to say we are not decorating the campus as you would sort of decorate your living room. Instead, it's about commissioning artists and bringing them to the campus to connect with its context and history. Stuart Da Silva donated $1.4 million to create the Stuart Collection. The result is a breathtakingly diverse and still-growing collection of public art that's scattered over the campus's 1,200 acres. It ranges from Alexis Smith's 560-foot snake slithering up a path to the library to John Luther Adams' auditory wind garden. 
As project manager, Matthew Gregor had to figure out the logistics of installing the art. In 2017, he discussed the mission of the Stewart Collection at the Wind Garden. One way of questioning what art is is to put art in one's ordinary environment. You know, and questioning whether it's art or not is right at the center of it. And I think that there's a tendency for everyone, especially I think on a university campus, to, to want to have things explained to them but art doesn't really work that way. Art, the art in the art experience is really in the questioning. Like asking, why is there a giant bear on that lawn? Well, why not? I mean, it's a kind of an astounding bear when you think that it's real granite and the whole thing weighs 360,000 pounds. Bibi said bringing Tim Hawkinson's bear to life was a challenge that started with finding the torso in an old rock quarry. We had to find a torso first because you can't look for arms and legs until you know what size torso it is. Then the rocks had to be brought to campus on an 18-axle truck used to transport the space shuttle. But it was all worth it when a Boy Scout turned to Bibi and said, Do you know how cool this is? Do you have any idea how cool this is? And I was just so pleased because that, it's sort of permission to wonder. Berlanga Taylor took over the directorship of the Stewart Collection in 2022, after Bibi retired. She notes that people don't always realize something like the green table is art. Sometimes people won't realize and they're having lunch there, for example, and then their eye will suddenly catch that there's tons of phrases inscribed onto this huge granite green table that have to do with politics and history and feminism and oppression and power. That has ignited certain debates and conversations with, between students and faculty, for example. Bibi recounted a comment from a student who accidentally discovered two running violet V-forms, which has been described as a volleyball net for giants. He said, I thought it might be art. I thought it might be art. You know, that kind of thing really tickles me. Public art like this explodes the boundaries of conventional art by making art that you can touch, walk over, walk through, or maybe not even notice at all, says Berlanger Taylor. That's what's key to public art, is to be able to sort of activate or detonate conversations around what it means to occupy public space and who has access to it, who doesn't. Galleries and museums can still be quite daunting to a lot of people and to a lot of communities. And public art can tend to be more accessible. The Stewart Collection challenges notions about what art can be. It can be epic or tiny, concrete or intangible, permanent or ever-changing. But it all exists to tell some kind of story. It will be able to tell people in the future a lot of what we went through and thought about as society, what we prioritized, what were our values. Artists are, I think, visionaries. A lot of them are ahead of their time. And having access to those ideas and to that knowledge in public form is very valuable. So head out to UC San Diego for a valuable adventure in public art. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. This story is part of an ongoing series about public art in the county. More stories are available at kpbs.org slash public art. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Monday.